Hello there, the Flash, and we're back. And yeah. <laughs> so much energy there. Uh, I'm the Comic Hunter, and we are back on a Hero Story. It's been two weeks since we were last alive. It's been two weeks, but welcome. Uh, this is a Hero Story episode number sixty-nine. <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, a Hero Story is an episode where we talk all things comics. That includes comic book movies, comic book animation, comic book video games, comic book themselves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you name it, we'd probably talk about it. Going um, with Marvel general... and DC just. Yes, Marvel and DC. Our general breakdown of the episode is we go over the news of the week, then we go over the comics of the week, and we go from there. Uh, there's a lot of comics to cover. We haven't been here in two weeks, though, and uh, for those wondering... <laughs> where we've been i tried to explain on the instagram story but it's kind of hard to express it um we just have crazy schedules college is killer <laughs> yeah it's beating us up there it was midterms two weeks ago and then it was the halloween season and more midterms and just we both didn't have time to record last week it's like okay we could but there's midterms and we kind of both have to study here so yeah, and and actually last week was a fifth Wednesday, so the only thing that I actually picked up, if I'm not mistaken, is only Batman Annual 4, so yeah, there was right, really but... not enough comics. Like, we probably could have recorded last week, and it would have been like two days late, but there just wasn't enough to cover, so we're like, you know what, let's make it two weeks off, and then we'll come back with a big episode, and this is that big episode. Yeah, and even then, last week, I picked up Batman Annual and Batman and the Outsiders Annual, and that was it. Even then, there wasn't a lot of news last week. Actually, most of the news that we'll be discussing today will be happening this week. So it's it kind of worked out in a way. And we're sorry that we're late, even though we never said on the last episode, like, hey, we're not going to be here for two weeks. It was just, it was very sudden things coming up. Yes, it was, it was certainly unexpected. We knew about the midterms. We just maybe underestimated how long they would, uh, how much of our schedule they would be taking up. Yeah. But we're over the midterms. We're over the hump. We're getting through things. And now we have a little bit of free time, which is nice. So we're back on the podcast. Yeah. And, um, uh, since we were away for two weeks, we're going to make this episode a bit longer than usual. Just over an hour here or there. We'll see where we hit. But uh, we have a lot of news. We have a lot of comics. But we also have done a top 10 Marvel superheroes. We did our top 10 DC superheroes about two episodes ago, so we're going to be doing that this week, and I don't know, I didn't discuss this with JD before, but maybe end it with a death of the week thing, or the deaths of the week, because we had a few characters die in this week's comics. Yeah, I was just about to say, didn't we have like multiple? This is this yeah, we had been a few. the first week in a while that we had multiple deaths. Yeah, so we might discuss the deaths at the end, kind of Talking Dead style, who died this week, and we will remember you probably when you return in a year or so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just before we even get into the top 10 Marvel heroes, which I'm very uh, excited to get into, I just wanted to thank, uh, we got a new review on our uh, Apple yes. podcast. Uh, it was four out of five stars, which is much appreciated. And uh, just to kind of go over it, uh, they said it's one of their favorite podcasts. They said they love our chemistry, which is great. We love that. They think we're interesting. Uh, something that, th that they thought we could work on was... Uh, being a little bit more organized in our delivery, and uh, I think they're totally right. And I definitely appreciate uh, constructive criticism while being nice at the same time, and showing the love to the podcast is always something that warms my heart. So uh, thank you so much for your review. We're yeah, working to get you. more organized, and we hope it shows this episode. Do you have a username? Um, I think it was ghostboy99. Okay. So, but that's just like your Apple username, so I don't know what their Instagram username is. But we appreciate it either way. If you're listening right now, thank you. Thank you, Ghost Boy. <laughs> okay, now we'll get into our top ten Marvel superheroes, not villains, just like the DC one last you know, 
few episodes ago. We did new villains there. We'll do our top 10 DC and Marvel villains another day, but for now, it's superheroes. Now, these lists change often, so <laughs> we'll see what happens here. Yeah, you know. deciding between my one and two was probably the hardest one. Same. Just it, and I wonder if we have the same one and two. I have a feeling we do, but we'll see. Um, yeah, we don't yeah, know each other's decisions because obviously I don't read as much Marvel, and I've, I've read like a little bit more historic Marvel, but I've always been much more of a DC guy, so... Uh, picking my 10 favorite was interesting. It's more characters who I just find interesting and that I've read. So it was an interesting uh, list to make. But. Yeah, I'm more historical Marvel too. I'm not, as far as modern comics go, I'm more into DC, but I'm really getting into Marvel. Daredevil is my favorite book right now. We'll be reviewing that later today. So yes. uh, what we do is we both start off with, we both say our number 10, we say our number 9, 8, etc., etc. We both know our, we don't know each other's lists, so we're both kind of discussing this together. You want to start with your number ten? Yeah, I'll start with my number ten. So my number ten is Cyclops from the X Men. Nice. Uh, I've always thought just such an interesting power set. Uh, being the team leader of the X Men is also interesting to me because I think sometimes in team books they could almost struggle to make the leader feel natural, but. When he's leading the X-Men, I, I felt like it's always natural. Even though we think of kind of Professor X as a leader, Cyclops has really taken a leadership role. And I like the way he bounces off the other X-Men, like Gene, like Wolverine. And he's a very interesting character. And just the power. I mean, he could, like, blow up a whole planet with his, you know, laser blasts. So. Yeah, he could. <laughs> All right. Is that just your number 10? Yeah, that's All right. number 10. My number 10 is Black Bolt from the Inhumans. Black okay. Bolt has actually always been my favorite Inhuman, and even though Inhumans isn't as popular, and I know the TV show never worked out in the end, but I would love a live-action Black Bolt, truly a live-action Black Bolt, where he is a mute character. He, he can speak, but he also can't speak, because a simple whisper could blow up a star, in a way. I like powerful heroes like that. I know usually my favorite heroes are vigilantes, but when it comes to power, I like just overloading those heroes with power and black bolt is one of those characters he's an awesome character i love how he's a sign language he's unique he's been around for years and years and years so number 10 is black bolt yeah i like it all right uh my number nine is gene gray bouncing right off of cyclops uh gene gray is just so interesting especially the original dark phoenix storyline before it was done a hundred times the will she won't she turn evil be good it, it was very interesting, especially I can only imagine that during the time period that that was coming out in the late 70s and uh, – or I'm sorry, uh, probably in the 80s, it just must have been crazy because comics were just hitting their stride as in, – Yeah, they are just becoming so, extremely popular, I, yeah. Yeah, that was the time when uh, you know the crisis was happening in DC and you had stuff like Daredevil, uh, Born Again, like just a much more realism movement in comics. So – uh, watching a hero turn to evil and not just be like a little cover gimmick in the Silver Age must have been interesting at the time. And I, I can't imagine reading that in single issue back then. Just, you know, once oh, a month insane. knowing <laughs> will Gene turn evil or not. And now it's been done to death. But that original story is so interesting. So Gene Gray is my number nine. Nice. My number nine is Professor X. Sticking with the X-Men, I guess. It's a nice. three X-Men already, and we're already on number nine. But yeah, Professor X, <laughs> uh, solid leader to the X-Men. Charles Xavier is incredible. I think that each one of his stories, he plays a major role as not just like the leader of the X-Men, but also, although he doesn't fight, but he feels like a fighter. He is. He puts everything he has into his what he considers his family. Uh, 
So Professor X, Charles Xavier, to me, my X-Men. Although now he is getting a little dark, and I kind of like that. Speaking of Jean Grey, <laughs> getting a little dark yeah. in the 80s, and I feel like that's what Professor X is doing right now. Also, notice how in House, Power, and X-Men, we haven't seen what his face looks like because of the mask. So I'm curious something's wrong with his head. Hmm. Just food for thought. That could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's my number nine. Okay, my number eight, The Thing from The Fantastic Four. Uh, I've been recently getting into Jonathan Heckman's Fantastic Four, and I can't say enough about that run. It is so great. Highly recommend. There's two trades out. Currently, you get them on Amazon pretty cheap, and they collect a lot. Uh, the Thing has just become one of my favorite Marvel characters. I just think so interesting. The am I man, am I monster? But it's not like overdone to the point where it's like just cyborg. Like, it's annoying. <laughs> yeah, like cyborg. Uh, but yeah, I just, I've always thought he's such like an interesting kind of tragic type character, but the way he bounces off the other Fantastic Four, just such, such an interesting character to me. The Thing was the first superhero that was ever created to be a superhero that didn't want to be a hero. Fun fact. So that's what made him so interesting. I think he was the star of the Fantastic Four around the time that when they first started coming out with Stanley writing and whatnot. But yeah, I like that. Uh, we're on number eight. Yep. Number eight, Doctor Strange. Stephen Strange is so good. Uh, I had a feeling he'd be on your list. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Doctor Strange fan. I love how he's like a modern day wizard. It's cool. Uh, I know we're mostly talking comics here, but Doctor Strange's movie is favorite superhero solo super movies uh, sorry solo superhero movies ever i know there's like team up movies and whatnot with him in but i think his origin story is awesome i mean he's such a jerk but he's also not like because he's a hero that kind of just wants to do his job and he doesn't want distractions and everything he's he's smart but not a typical smart character so i like dr strange a lot he's my number eight Awesome facial hair, bros. Yeah, Doctor Strange is great. I'd, <laughs> I'd love to read more of Doctor Strange. If anybody listening has any good recommendations, I'd, I'd be more than happy to hear them because that's a character that I'd like to dive into. So I read the first bit job. of his current run. If you're okay with cosmic stories, it's good. But uh-huh. it was just kind of weird seeing a not-too-cosmic character in a cosmic setting. I know Doctor Strange yeah. is like, some people might consider him cosmic, but like this story has him living in a space station. So, yeah, <laughs> not that cosmic. All right. Uh, number seven, I'm sticking with the Fantastic Four, Human Torch. Human Torch is, I feel like, a lot of people's favorite member of the Fantastic Four. Uh, I just, he's such an interesting character because he's funny. He feels relatable. And, uh, yeah, and and uh, his death in um, Hickman's run, spoilers, uh, is very well done. So, and I like the effects of it. So, um Human Torch just—I I find the power set interesting. Like, well, that's what a lot of these guys that I like in Marvel just the power set interests me a lot. So, yeah, just the relationship to turn on fire by Saint Flamon. He was the first uh, Marvel superhero ever made. Kind of, it was a the Golden Age one. Yeah, yeah, it was an android at the time called Human Torch, but same powers. So, yeah, yeah, like he fought with Captain America. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, Human Torch is a good pick. Uh, he's I love his uh, interactions with Spider-Man. I like how they were kind of best friends around the Ultimate days. So yeah, very interesting. Even though um I haven't really got dove into uh, Ultimates yet, and no, I think that's very interesting from what I've seen online. Yeah, Spider-Man and uh, Human Torch are really good friends. But yeah, um, my number seven is Wolverine. Shink shink. Uh, 
probably the most overrated mutant, if I'm being honest. But there's a reason for that. I mean, Logan's awesome. The ability to heal while also having... I, I'm kind of the same page as you. I like these characters for their powers. I think Knife Claws are cool, but they didn't want to just stick with that. So they're just like, how about he has healing powers too? But like, massive amount of healing powers. He doesn't age. He doesn't get hurt really. So he kind of has a struggle of not like... I don't want to be a hero, but I just want to be like everyone else. I want to age. And I like that struggle that he has. Also, I like how he's just like a short, angry man who's also Canadian. And I have family that grew up where he was born, Cold Lake, Alberta. So <laughs> I like Wolverine. That's my number seven. Yeah. Now, number six. Well, funny you should bring up Wolverine because my number six is Wolverine. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Yeah, so Wolverine, um, I mean, a lot of things that you just said, I think he's really dope, and uh, short kings rise up, am I right? Um, <laughs> he's just a very interesting hero, and I think being short almost adds to that. Like, I, I know like when I'm watching sports, uh, like in baseball, there's this guy named Jose Altuve, and he's like 5'5", five, five, which is so short for a baseball player. Like, it's rare you see a baseball player under six foot, so to see, you know, a guy who's short be like such a badass is awesome to me, so... I'm always cheering for Wolverine, and yeah, he is kind of overrated in the sense of that everyone loves him, but that doesn't make him any less of a hero. Yeah, exactly. He's a great character. Um, my number six is also on your list. It's uh, Scott Summers, Cyclops. He is my, okay. <laughs> this might spoil a bit of the rest of my list, but he is my favorite mutant ever. Scott Summers has always kind of been my favorite mutant. I like his, how he's a leader. He was young when he first joined the team, but he kind of grew up into an aspiring character. Like you said, his powers are really cool, but even then he's just got a, like a, he's a cool character. Like Scott Summers is, was described in the eighties as the cool mutant. <laughs> like, you know, he, I know he has to wear sunglasses so he doesn't kill everyone, but <laughs> it, it looks cool. I mean, I always grew up, watching the uh, X-Men cartoon and reading really old X-Men comics that I had no idea what was going on, but Scott Summers always kind of was the one I was drawn towards. Not Wolverine, uh, it was Scott. So, yeah, he is my yeah, number I like six. It. I like it. All right, uh, number five, somebody who was already on your list. Uh, I guess this was bound to happen. Number five, Professor X. Uh, okay. A lot of things you said as well. Um, Professor X is funny because I wasn't really into him as much when I read the comics and then I, I guess when I watched him in live action, for, like it's weird how the, uh, the effect it could have on you. Yeah. Um, I love both performances in the original trilogy and the new trilogy. And James McAvoy is just one of my favorite actors. Like I give first class a lot of credit because it really made me want to get more into the X-Men. So uh, yeah, I just think professor X is really cool. Very interesting power set. And I love the relationship he has with Magneto. And if I could have a top 10, you know, non-hero would obviously be magneto in there so uh, i just love the way they're written and i'm so curious to see what what happens with him in hickman's x-men because like you mentioned they're certainly setting up a lot of potential plots. hiding problems. something with professor x definitely but yeah Hickman, hickman's character. gonna pull a sneaky on us oh yeah to be my x-men such good line um <laughs> my number five i guess we're on our top five now i didn't really notice but my number five is mr fantastic of the fantastic four Reed Richards, the guy who stretches. Uh, I think he's the best Fantastic Four member, but I like his powers are kind of simple, and but they didn't just stick with his powers. He's he's the father of the family. He is the leader of the family, really, for most incarnations, because 
he's guy he's just so smart he's guy i guess i'm not that smart talking about him but uh <laughs> mr fantastic is such a smart character and he is considered one of the smartest characters in the marvel universe so much so that he appears in several different comics that aren't even fantastic four comics just when heroes need advice for example daredevil recently wanted to know if god was real he went to fantastic four to find out and it's a great conversation he is the character that yeah he has a family to help raise but he will also be there for anybody that needs it and i like that a lot so reed richards mr fantastic my number five are you team beard or team no beard beard 100 percent. okay <laughs> he looks I figured he, he a, got the beard somebody who has a beard himself, yeah he would be on team whatever, i mean but. he got the beard in 2016 i think it was the end of it was the secret wars that he grew the beard I believe, yeah. and he ha- he's had it ever since. And if any writer decides to shave it, shame on you. <laughs> so, T beard. Um, he might have to shave it down to a mustache for November. Uh, well, I mean, he hasn't, so he'll just keep the he will keep <laughs> the beard going. Number four. Number four, the Hulk. No, the Hulk nice. is so interesting to me. So my introduction to the Hulk was the 2008 movie with Edward Norton. Yeah. That's probably why I like <laughs> That was so your much. introduction to the Hulk? Yeah. Well, I mean, I had Hulk hands as a kid, but like actually knowing who the Hulk is, I mean, oh, like I probably damn. saw the Hulk before, like a big green monster, but. Yeah, I dressed as the Hulk for Halloween I was, when I was five. <laughs> to be fair, in 2008, I was eight years old, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but. And that was that was like my true introduction to like who the Hulk is. Like before that, I was kind of just like it's a big green monster. But I learned that there's a much more tragic side to the Hulk. And uh, Peter David's run, he's he's also written Young Justice and a lot of great comics. Uh, he wrote a great Hulk run, which really dealt with a lot of that. And I just love kind of the tragic side of Hulk. I wish we could have seen that more in live action. Edward Norton has talked a lot recently, actually, about. Uh, his plan for a second movie that Marvel opted out of, but I, I think it's interesting. The guy who doesn't want to be that what it's was a struggle. His plan out of curiosity. There's a full link to it. I'll send it to you when I get a chance. But uh, it what was like a much show? more darker, like identity crisis type movie. Oh, okay. And, I... and Kevin Feige just didn't want to go in that direction, so that's why they ended up switching. Like, there's a rumor <laughs> that. That they got rid of Edward Norton because he didn't want to be in multiple movies, but that's not true. He did want to be in multiple movies, but Ed- Edward Norton's a huge Hulk fan. Like hearing him talk about the Hulk is extremely interesting. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked you're not. I didn't realize Hulk was that big for you, so I'm shocked that you're not reading Immortal Hulk. I wanted to read Immortal Hulk and I didn't, and it's a big regret in single issue. I have to get the trades, but in single issue, I felt like it would have been great, and especially because the second issue. Is worth like a hundred dollars now. I forget. It's the first what? appearance of someone. I just forget who it is. But yeah, I saw it in my shop. Uh, the Immortal Damn. Hulk number two for like a hundred and fifty dollars. I was like, oh my god! Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. I heard um, this week's issue of the Immortal Hulk was like one of the best issues in the run. I, I feel so. like I'm hearing that after every issue, so I think it's about time I really get on the run. And now that I could get a few trades in a row, yeah, I know they're uh, they're having Amanda's Cho in it now, and they're really fleshing out his character, which is good because he was kind of a joke before <laughs> yeah okay uh my number four is also a powerhouse but not the hulk it is the mighty thor or sorry thor god of thunder not the mighty thor mighty thor's jane <laughs> foster thor odinson uh i think thor is fantastic before even like the first avengers movie came out i was like thor's cool but i mean like he's no all these characters um <laughs> 
Then I got introduced to Jason Aaron's Thor run, and my god, <laughs> it is so good. Thor, you, I'm not even interested in Thor at all, but the amount that you talk about, like how good that run is, like I feel like I have I to. I know. Get into it. <laughs> I wasn't interested in, in it either. And then I was in Vancouver, and I went to a local comic shop that because I, I was just exploring the city. And I was by myself, and I went in, and there was a guy there, and he's just like, hey, what are you here for? And I said, I'm just looking. Uh, what would you recommend for comics? And he's like, okay, what are you into? I'm like, mostly DC. I'm looking more for Marvel. And he's like, what are your favorite runs? So I started telling him, and he's like, well, around the time where Scott Snyder's Batman was praised for being the best DC comic, this was considered Marvel's best comic. And he gave me Jason Aaron's sore run. I bought the first two volumes, and I read them that night, and oh my god, <laughs> it's... So I, I, I've heard good. like nothing but great things online about the God Butcher. So yeah, he is such a good villain. I, I think I'm just gonna like by default. I have to get into it. So you do maybe one of these days when I'm trade hunting, that'll be the one to get. The art is fantastic. The so- story is so interesting, and just the character himself, Thor, is so cool. I mean, this these series go over his young self, how he's kind of he's kind of a dick in a way. Like he just wants to hang out on Midgar, which is Earth. He just wants to, like, drink ale all day and just fight monsters and sleep with a woman. That's all he wants to do. But then he kind of gets this feeling that, like, he's worth more than that. And he starts to train himself, both his mind and his power. And he ends up lifting Mjolnir. And, oh, it's so... He's such a good character. He's complicated, but he's so good. I highly recommend, if you're not into Thor, read Jason Aaron's run. It'll make Thor in your top ten favorite superheroes, like he did for me. So yeah, number yeah. four is Thor Odinson. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm definitely gonna have to uh, get into him. Yeah. Uh, number three for me, Captain America. Nice. Captain America was my number two for a long time, but recently been dethroned, I guess. Um, I love I love the mid two thousands Captain America, uh, especially runs uh, stories like the Winter Soldier. I just find so interesting. It was Marvel's Under the Red Hood, but it was happening like at the same yeah. time and. I imagine for, you know, readers at the time, it must have been crazy, like Bucky returning out of nowhere, just like how Jason returned Jason out Todd. of nowhere. Jason Todd, yeah. So, uh, but I've always thought Cap was an interesting character, such like a uh, iron moral compass and just as an American, you know, something that I take pride in. So, yeah. 4th of July, hell yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I, I think he's a cool character. I think there's a lot of interesting villains that go along with him. And even though, like, he started in, in a place of where it was kind of just like, more propaganda comics he's come such a long way and he's like one of the most longest uh running marvel heroes so i find that very interesting and just like the symbolism of him so uh for those who don't know captain america first appeared in uh i believe 1940 uh, in the golden Punching age Hitler. comics and then after world he was put away for a while like they didn't 10 years put on ice basically and he wasn't he was written for back. 10 years even when stan lee uh first wrote the in the first three issues and he appears in issue number four the return of captain america and the time period that that happened uh john f kennedy the president of the united states had just been assassinated and america needed something to look up to against some uh, some kind of hero and the the country was in a bad place because a lot of people were sad about the president and stan lee thought this was a great opportunity to bring back captain america to give kids something to look up to so I, i love that like historical context it makes the character that much better to me yeah, that's a good point. My number three is also Captain America. I'm just saying that now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so to continue where you were talking about, his first appearance was uh, the first cover that he's on is him punching Hitler in the face. 
and it was made yeah, during World War II. So it had a lot of controversy, but it made this fictional character, this drawing, gave so many people hope during that time. Because it's like, hey, if this guy could do it, why can't we? So I know he's fictional at the time, and this was in 1940, so Captain America, well, not just Captain America, comics in general were considered like disposable entertainment. You read it, you throw it out. But Captain America is one of those few comics that people would read it and be like, maybe I'll read this again sometime when I'm when you know life gets tough. So they kept it. So that's why there's a few Captain America number ones out there today, more than I believe Spider Man number ones. Amazing Fantasy. Amazing Fantasy fifteen, yeah. yeah. There's more Captain America's because that character inspired hope at the time. He was a legend and you know, not just the history of the character himself, but even the character is really cool in general. He is street level, but he is almost not street level, I guess you could say, due to his powers and whatnot, but it makes his story so entertaining how sometimes the law doesn't agree with him, but he kind of has his own law. Not in a bad way. He's always doing the right thing, but he will do whatever it takes to do the right thing and give people hope and inspire people and save lives and make sure everyone is going to be okay. So yeah, Captain America, number three. I agree. Yeah, I like it. Uh, number two, Daredevil. I'm same. Sure okay, top yeah. Three. <laughs> I think our top three is the same. Uh, okay, Mine's so Daredevil we, we too. We can kind of both contribute because yeah. our top three is definitely the same. But Daredevil is a character that I've always been interested. Uh, I think it was probably the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie that introduced me to him. And all me I remember too, from I that think. movie, like when I was a kid, was the stupid playground scene with Electra. So crazy. <laughs> but uh, a blind superhero is interesting, and it wasn't until like I thought about like the concept that it really like i was like wow that's cool like justice is blind and daredevil's blind i don't know it was like a like the day i discovered that (laughs) (laughs) but uh i just think he's such an interesting hero and and i i find very interesting that when he was introduced and he was around for you know like maybe like 10 15 20 years he wasn't that interesting and frank miller takes over he starts on the art but he eventually takes over and reinvents the character to be this great hero and the countless great runs he's had i mean i love the kevin smith daredevil i haven't read it all but i love the bendis daredevil uh, i think the current daredevil's great frank mm-hmm. miller's daredevil like there's so much great daredevil contents like again across generations i will and yeah quick shout out to uh comic boy on instagram i think he said it best when he said daredevil might be the one superhero that has constantly had good writers on him he's never had a bad run since frank miller took over like yeah. ever he, he, some, some of them aren't as good as others but they're all good they're all entertaining he's never been like had a tom king batman moment <laughs> or anything like that you know yeah yeah, so, yeah anyways, no, I agree. continue uh but yeah i just think i just think daredevil is such an interesting character i love the whole electro relationship and even with the villains like kingpin like bullseye there's just so much interesting daredevil lore and this is something that'll always bring me back to daredevil like maybe it's just how many good comics there are but such so many interesting stories to tell yeah if you ever want to get into daredevil and just pick up a random comic off the stand chances are you'll enjoy it like all of his books are good and that's kind of what made him the popular character he is today he's not really on the avengers he's the defenders are rarely around, to be honest. Uh, he's not really in other books besides his own, and occasionally teaming up with Spider-Man here and there. But he, it works because even as a solo character, it works so well. Matt Matthew Murdock is one of the greatest superheroes ever. So yeah, 
Yeah, no. Then, and then, uh, number one, which is yeah. obvious for anyone, <laughs> Dazzler from the X-Men. Yeah, Dazzler. <laughs> I was introduced to Dazzler when I was maybe four maybe even before yeah, that, that i mean just the spur the sparkly outfit i mean just the way that she was able to take the x-men by storm and show them disco music i mean there's nothing greater than the collar pops up i like the gray and sometimes it has blue on it there's just so much so many great stories i mean when's our dazzler solo movie coming out because we need it <laughs> that way too long <laughs> It's Spider-Man. Dazzler's obviously not our favorite superhero. Uh, favorite yeah. Marvel superhero. It's obviously Spider-Man. Spider-Man is somebody who's important in like every kid's life. Yeah. I mean, Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi movies. Uh, I was three when the first one came out, and I remember I watching five. the second one in theaters. And I, and, all right, oldie. Yeah. Uh, all right, okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember watching the second one in theaters, and I definitely remember watching the third one in theaters. I saw the third one in theaters actually twice because I saw it in a birthday party too. Oh, Loved lucky guy. <laughs> Um, Subtle but, breaks. Yeah, the Spider, the Spider-Man Three love for me started at seven years old or eight years old. It was great. Uh, but anyway, um, Spider-Man is such like a prevalent hero in media. I mean, he's in every kind of media. He's on T-shirts, backpacks, Christmas albums. Uh, Spider-Man is just one of those heroes that like you can't escape from. And being that he's such a big hero, he has so many comics. Over from 1963 to now, I mean, just countless and countless comics. Before right now, we have probably over 10,000 total. We have five ongoing Spider-Man comics right now, which that's a rant for another day. I don't really agree with that, but I guess they're (laughs) all like, I mean, there's Spider-Man, there's Spider-Man Miles Morales, there's Spider-Gwen, there's Superior Spider-Man, Symbiote Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2099 starts in a week. Friendly Uh, Neighborhood Spider-Man. Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. There's a book called Spidey. It's a mini series. There was a symbiote Spider-Man. There yeah, was like there's gonna be another spin off spin-off of that. But and that's just anyway, going on right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Regardless of that, uh, he just had so many great moments. And I just find the the invention of him so interesting. You know, for those who don't know, uh, Amazing Fantasy was going to end with number fifteen. So uh, Stan Lee decided, you know what? I'm going to do whatever I want with it. I mean, what are they going to do? Cancel it? It's already canceled. So uh, he went forward with his idea of Spider-Man. And he was the one who, you know, had ideas that he wanted to push forward, like a teenage hero. And it was looked down upon because at that time, teenagers were sidekicks. They were never the main hero. So it was interesting, you know, especially at the time, it must have been interesting for teenagers in the 60s to have somebody like, hey, I can relate to this hero. Especially because reading comic books back then was considered such a nerdy thing that not a lot of people did. But yeah. maybe Peter Parker a nerd. He loved science. He loved going to school. Like, he enjoyed his life. And so that's what kind of a lot of people around that time that loved those things read comic books. So they were able to relate to Peter big time. Yeah. I, there's not a school paper that goes by where I don't mention with great power comes great responsibility. I think it's just such an applicable quote to life. And uh, I just, I love a lot of the Spider-Man lore. I mean, he's got probably, I mean, between him and Batman, the best rogues in all of comics, he's got so many. Uh, my favorite Spider-Man comic is probably Spider-Man Blue. I'm always between that and Craven's Last Hunt, but they're both so great. And he just has so many great runs that you could get into that's another one where like you could go back and read the stan lee stuff from the 60s and it still holds up it's still great the themes spider-man's kind of like a misunderstood character but he is this kind of tragic hero who 
especially in the 60s, didn't really want to be a hero, but he felt the guilt from Uncle Ben, and he felt this need to be responsible. So just such an interesting character who is just applicable on all forms of media. Uh, there's so much success with Spider-Man. I mean, the most recent film broke a billion dollars. Yeah. The animated film won an Oscar. I mean, what what can't Spidey do? <laughs> Spidey 2020. Yeah, um, Spidey 2099 too. But <laughs> he's just a... <laughs> nice. Couldn't resist. He's such a fantastic character. He, like he said, Stanley, when he made him, his heir said, no, no one wants to read about spiders. People hate spiders. But since it's the last issue of our amazing fantasy series, we'll let you do it. And then it blew up. Uh, Spider-Man means a lot to me. I was at all the, I've seen every single movie in theaters day one, actually. Yeah, I have. (laughs) So. Interesting. Yeah, it's just been a huge part of my dad's life, even growing up. My dad was a big comics guy. He read Spider-Man all the time. And so when I was born, I was the baby with pictures being taken wearing a Spider-Man shirt before I even knew how to talk. So I was born into it, molded by it. I didn't read a comic. Sorry. Um, I I started going a little Bane there. but um, Spider-Man has affected my life in a way where uh, when I first got into cosplay, I chose Spider-Man to be like my first hero. I spent a lot of money on a movie quality suit. And now, uh, twice a month, I visit children's hospitals, dress as Spider-Man, acting like Spider-Man. And I try to change these sick kids' lives showing Spider-Man as a hero. I'll give I'll give out uh, Spider-Man comics that are good for kids that they could read or their parents could read to them. And I know that Spider-Man can like affect everyone. Spider-Man is a superhero that saves lives, so... He could save real people's lives too, even though he's fictional. Plus, Spider-Man PS4 is really fun, so I'll add that in real quick. But yeah, yeah that's uh, that's our top ten. Yeah, so I hope you enjoyed. Uh, like Hunter mentioned earlier, we might do villains. I don't know if we do combined villains or separate villains. Probably combined because I don't know. Well, that's a, that's a figuring out for another day. Yeah, but well, let's get into the news because mm-hmm. there is a ton of news we haven't been on in two weeks. Uh, we'll start with obviously the most, most of it is stuff. recent news though, so yeah, most of it's recent. And most of it's but if news, you want to so. skip to the comics, just uh, check the timestamps in the description below. On if you're on SoundCloud or any other streaming site, wherever the description is, but then you'll be able to skip ahead to the comics yeah, or the it's death. It's very and... easy to find in Spotify. It's very easy to find in iTunes. It's very yeah. easy to find everywhere. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, going over the news of the week, let me just pull it up real quick. Jesus, a lot of news. There, there's a ton of news. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so we'll start off with uh, Colin Farrell is in talks to play the Penguin in the Batman movie. So this is not just the talks. I feel like it's basically confirmed at this point. But Yeah, I mean, the only thing is, you know, Jonah Hill was in talks as well. So it's probably at this point. Yeah. Money disputes and down to, hey, how many movies are you going to do? Like... Mm-hmm. It's going to be a two-film deal, stuff like that. But it's in the finalization process, I would say. And yeah. along with him, Andy Serkis as Alfred Pennyworth. So two yeah. big names, two big casts. Uh, Colin okay. Farrell, he was in Fantastic Beasts and Fantastic Beasts 2. Uh, that's what I know him for if you're looking for like a recent role of his. He's a bit of a tall, skinny guy. Uh, going to be possibly playing a short, stubby guy. So... Looks like they're kind of going a different route for Penguin, like the Telltale Batman route. For those of you who played the Telltale Batman game, highly recommend it. It's really good, but Penguin is yeah, a... Great. He's more of a skinny guy, and he's tall, and he, he acts like Penguin. He's just a bit of a different look for him. A bit more intimidating, I guess. 
Uh, what do you think I'll, of just call I'll, him for now? I'll be honest. I never liked the Penguin in comics. So, I didn't like, either, I yeah. An interesting villain. So if they could do something to make him interesting, I'm all for it. I'm interested. Yeah, like, I'm not that interested in the Penguin either. And even then, the best Penguin that I've seen has been either Telltale Penguin or Arkham Penguin. Yeah, I was so, thinking Arkham. I love, I love the voice actor for the Arkham one. Yeah, he he's great. great. Just, just make him an accent. Make him extremely British. I want him talking like this and eating raw fish and stuff like that. Cockney accent. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So make him talk like that. And also, if they're going Telltale Root, it'd be cool if they had his mask. Because in that game, Penguin wears a mask. It's kind of like a a witch doctor from like medieval times. So, but more penguin-like. So that would be cool. Uh, let's uh, hope he tops Danny DeVito, which is impossible. But <laughs> any circus, <laughs> though, uh, everyone knows him. This guy is the motion cap king. He did Smeagol in Lord of the Rings. He did Snoke in Star Wars. Uh, he's done Caesar, Caesar in the Planet of the Apes, which um, is directed by Matt Reeves, the director of Batman. So I feel like this is definitely happening. Uh, for non-CGI uh, roles, he was Claw in Black Panther and Avengers Age of Ultron. Killed off. But maybe he'll live longer in the DC Batman universe unless Tom King writes it. But uh, <laughs> what do you think of Andy Circus for Alfred? That, that, that Tom King joke hurt. <laughs> uh, I tried to quickly yeah. skip by it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was very surprised by this one. I, he doesn't scream Alfred to me. I mean, I could see it, but it doesn't like that's not the one that I would have thought. I would have loved, and I think we talked about this on the podcast previously. I think. It would have been cool to do Clayface as a villain yeah. and have him in the motion capture. But at the same time, I'm interested to see where this goes. I could see uh, Andy I mean, Circus as Penguin Alfred. as well. Well, I heard people wanted Andy Circus as Penguin and Colin Farrell as Two Face. So, yeah, oh well, yeah, and Two Face is apparently going to be. And I saw fan art too. for both, so it looked very interesting. Yeah, I think he could pull off an Alfred. My one, like, honestly, for Alfred, is, like, cast an old guy, make him an accent, that's it. My one hope is make him look more like Alfred. Like, bald? <laughs> not, not as, I mean, like, balding. Like, yeah, bald Alfred has hair like, on the sides. Hair on the side, but bald on top. <laughs> but give him the mustache, and just the mustache. Because most Alfreds are clean-shaven, or they have, like, stubble all around, or they have glasses. Don't give him glasses, give him the mustache. Let's have an accurate-looking Alfred. I don't know if Andy Circus would be willing to do that, but I that's just I mean, me. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes, and it's, it's I'm glad that Batman's finally getting some casting announcements. I'm hoping that, you know, maybe the Flash movie could eventually move on with this, but I... I, I forgot yeah, the I, Flash movie is a thing. I, uh, think the Flash, I think Warner Brothers forgot the Flash movie is a thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, Two-Face is also being heavily rumored uh, to be played by Matthew McConaughey right now. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. I'd be down for that. Um, he's not in talks like Andy Circus and Colin Farrell, but he is heavily rumored. And he's not denying these rumors either. No was anyone else. So I'd be okay with that. It's a bit of an older Two-Face, but I'd be okay with that. I always wanted him as a reverse Flash. I always thought he'd play a good Eobard Thawn in like he my would, dream yeah. you know, movie-verse. But I think he could pull off Two-Face. I just, you know, I- I'm interested to see what they do. So Yeah. Okay, that's it for the Batman news for now. Uh, going on with the DC movie news is Joker is expected to break $1 billion. It is already 
going to be it already is actually the top rated or the most money made for an r-rated movie in theaters highest so. grossing r-rated movie yeah yeah, yeah that's what Which i was looking insane for insane because according to jd this is a movie that's not going to happen yeah, um, i was about to make that joke <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to make a joke like that yeah I was but waiting. um but yeah no i think that's crazy that this movie is breaking a billion uh they said that Based on budget to profit, it's making profit margins like Endgame made, which is insane. It had, I think, a $55 million budget, mm-hmm. so very low budget, and it made a billion. Well, I mean, so, it looks going to make a billion. Uh, people so. start seeing it. People are talking about it, which gets more people to see it. I've seen it twice so far. I don't think I'll see it a third time in theaters, but I'll see it again when it comes out. Yeah, I'd get it on Blu-ray. Yeah, I'll be watching it at home, but I've seen it twice in theaters. I enjoyed it both times, so good for Joker. Did did you see uh, Joaquin on the idea of a Joker sequel? Yes, I was just about to mention that. Joaquin said that... Yeah, do you have the quote? Yeah, I do have it up. Okay. So he said, uh, quote, I guess the fear that you get locked into doing something that you really don't care about, that doesn't motivate or excite you, the whole attraction to me was there was no expectation. I didn't sign a deal. It was a one-off in the second or third week. And then in the second or third week, I was like, Todd, can you start working on the sequel? There's way too much to explore. It was kind of in jest, but not really. We only talked about the fact that if we ever did one, and I'm not saying that we are because right now we're not, it couldn't just be this wild and crazy movie about the clown prince of crime. That just doesn't interest us. It would have to be a thematic resonance. So, so it's possible. It's I'm I'm sure Warner Brothers is seeing the success and like yes, let's get a second one out next year. Like let's get this going. <laughs> but Joaquin is the type of actor who will turn down roles because he doesn't think the movie's up to you know what he wants it to be. I mean, he turned down Doctor Strange. He turned down the Hulk. He turned down Lex Luthor. He's turned down a lot of roles. So he's not a- afraid to walk away. He didn't so. want to be a superhero. And or super villain, really? Like, because he's but, not into—he's not into the like he said in that quote. He's not into the getting locked into a thing that doesn't motivate him. Yeah, like, when people clearly, clearly being on the set of Joker motivated him. I love the behind-the-scenes photos Todd Phillips, the director, is sharing. Yeah, on Instagram. Uh, but even then, like when people talk, when like casual audience are just like, "Oh, I can't wait for the Joker sequel." I always have to bring up like, well, "Walking Phoenix doesn't do sequels." Like he said several times, he does not like sequels, but. I guess now there's a chance. I mean, would you want a Joker sequel? Honestly, I, I really enjoyed Joker, but I'm going to say no. I think yes, what makes the movie special is it is a one-off. And it everything's left up to interpretation. How you view the ending, how you view basically the entire movie. So uh, I'm, I'd rather say that way. I mean, I'd watch a sequel in theaters. I'm sure a lot of people would. but Yeah, I'd still watch it, but I agree I think agree it's special the way it is, and I think it should be left that way. And yeah, I think keep... they should just try to go further into the DC Black idea. Make a Lex Luthor movie or make, you know, whatever kind of movie. The Question. Verse Flash. Yeah, Question would be cool, actually. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Ooh, Mr. Miracle, Black Label. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you there that I think it should be its own thing. I think if they were to have him appear again as a Joker, put him in the Batman like Matt Reeves' Batman trilogy or something like well, that? Well, if, if, if they did a Dark Knight Returns with him and Ben Affleck, that would be like my ultimate oh, dream. But God, that's not going to happen. So. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. My question is, will Joker 2 happen? <laughs> uh, as of right now, I'm going to say it's not going to happen. Good I to know. I know it's being talked about, and I'm sure Warner Brothers would love to make it. But I will bring that up every time there's Joker <laughs> news, and I'll bring that up when we review Joker 2 in two years from now. <laughs> Joker 2, The Society Returns. Yep. (laughs) Society Uh, Strikes Back. (laughs) Basically. 
Uh, next bit of news going on to MCU is The Falcon the Winter Soldier has started filming. It is a TV series coming to Disney Plus following Falcon the Winter Soldier and as Falcon becomes Captain America. Uh, there are some set pictures shown Bucky having just a regular arm, no metal arm. It's possibly a flashback, but there's also news saying, well, rumors that Chris Evans' Captain America is expected to appear for maybe two episodes. I believe the show is going to be eight episodes in total. So maybe the yeah. last two we'll have... We, we were, it wasn't really said if it was like Captain America or Steve Rogers. I think they're talking old man Steve Rogers. Yeah, I was thinking old man. Although if there is Bucky flashbacks, then he could probably be in that. That'd be hype, actually. <laughs> we yeah. got classic Captain America again. That'd be cool. Yeah. But yeah, Bucky flashbacks. Um, I'm okay with that. Having some old, maybe he has war flashbacks. I know he didn't before, but I guess he can start having them now maybe. Or start to remember some things of from his past. Maybe Red Skull stuff is going on, but I like that. I'm this is the Disney Plus show I'm looking forward to most, for sure. Yeah, I think this is probably the best out of the ones announced. I think uh, the Wanda and the Vision, even though I'm really not interested in either character, I think that has potential to be great. But yeah, I think this is going to be the most hyped one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sticking with the Disney Plus news, Kevin. F- oh, here we go. Kevin Feige? I believe it's Kevin Feige. That's I always I've said always Feige, said. but someone corrected me saying Feige, and I'm like, really? I feel like it's so Feige. To interpretation. <laughs> Comedy, pronunciation is subjective, Murray. Oh, no. Don't, don't shoot me. <laughs> uh, Kevin Feige uh, has said that um, if you want to understand future Marvel movies, you'll need to watch these Disney Plus shows because all of the Marvel Disney Plus shows will connect into future movies. For example... WandaVision and Loki will be connecting to Doctor Strange 2. Loki's kind of interesting to me because, as far as I know, the Loki Disney Plus show will be about past Loki, narrated by Tom Hiddleston, but maybe it'll end with uh, regular Loki returning and then he will appear in Doctor Strange 2. I think that'll be awesome if that was the case. I thought you said that you didn't want, like, you wanted him to stay dead. I want him to stay dead, but if he's in Doctor Strange too, <laughs> They've already met before, and Loki already doesn't like Steven. So I think that would be a cool dynamic, cause since they're both magic, too. So, that'd be cool. Okay. Um, Hawkeye will likely connect to a future movie, because Jeremy Renner was originally going to get a movie before they decided to do a TV show. Uh, if they ever make another Hulk movie, it'll likely connect to the She-Hulk show. Uh, Miss Marvel will likely connect to Captain Marvel too. Don't know what's happening with Moon Knight. Don't know what's happening with Falcon Winter Soldier as far as future things go. Probably for both of those characters, maybe in the next Avengers movie. But yeah, those are the um, Disney Plus news. I think that's all the Disney Plus moves, but we still have a lot more news. Into the Spider-Verse 2 was announced and has a release date 2022 coming April something. It's coming out in April 2022. It's so, so far I'm, away. They're taking their time, <laughs> which I'm glad. It, I'm glad they're taking yeah, the time. I mean, they were like, oh, next the first year. One I think the anime took like five years or something like that. So yeah. I wasn't expecting a sequel anytime soon. But since it took five years to make, it made a lot. Well, not that, not too much money, but it made money. Uh, it won an for, Oscar. For an movie, it made pretty good money. Yeah, definitely. And so because of all these awards and whatnot, they likely hired more people for the team to help make Spider-Verse 2. So that's why it's happening sooner. Uh, 2099 will be in it, as we all know, and also Japanese Spider-Man will make an appearance confirmed by the director himself, saying that Japanese Spider-Man, which is a, the live-action Spider-Man before Tobey Maguire, actually, there was a Japanese, I think it was just like a 
short series. Well, yeah, there were there were two Spider-Mans before uh, Toby. Yeah, the TV one like Nicholas Hammond, I think his name was, and there was a Japanese version who uh, fought with a big robot. <laughs> yeah, he was more like a Power Ranger. Like his suit would come out of Basically. a wristband that he had. <laughs> Like, would, like, they took the Spider-Man name, but they thought, what would Japanese audiences be more interested in? So, and at the time, Godzilla was popular, and even Power Rangers was at his prime around then. So, Giant Robot, and also he rode a motorcycle in almost every episode. So, that's I've, I've watched it before. It's it's very entertaining. It's funny. <laughs> Not I don't think they're going for humor, but it is funny. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse 2 is happening, so that's awesome. Uh, yeah, announced so the excited. exact same day as Into the Spider-Verse 2. Actually about two hours beforehand, was Ant-Man 3. It was confirmed Peyton Reed is returning to direct, and nobody really noticed because Into the Spider-Verse was announced. But Ant-Man 3 is happening. It's get, Ant-Man is getting a trilogy. I wish it was called The Wasp, because then we would have had Ant-Man, Ant-Man the Wasp, The Wasp. But, you know, I guess Ant-Man 3 is okay. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's funny, because I, I, I revisited... Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I remember liking, and I, that was one of our early podcast episodes, probably within the first ten po- podcast episodes. Was it? And I remember giving it a yeah. Uh, it was the same episode as the Batman wedding. So oh right, yeah. Then, so it was about two months into the show. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, the episode was called Ant-Man and the Wedding, which is yeah, it was yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, I remember liking it, and I watched it recently, and I just thought it was so dull. Like it's, it's boring. Got, it's got good jokes, but yeah, just I don't know. It doesn't really do it for me. So. I'm, I don't know. I'm not as interested in this one. I mean, I'll probably go in and I'll laugh a few times, but we'll see. I'm assuming Scott's daughter is going to be taking up being the Wasp. I I, am, I have a strong feeling they're setting up Young Avengers between the Hawkeye series, introducing Kate Bishop, uh, Ant-Man's daughter being aged up, Morgan Stark. I, I just feel like Young Avengers is coming. Oh, absolutely. And especially 100%. with the with the news that uh, Mark Ruffalo, I don't know if you talked about this already, Mark Ruffalo talked to Kevin Feige and said, hey, I think the Hulk would be in a good spot training younger heroes. So everyone's mind goes to Young Avengers right there. Yeah, definitely. I could see that. That would be cool, actually. Young Avengers team trained by Hulk. I think that would be interesting. You know Wait. how I feel about Ruffalo's Hulk, and especially yeah. uh, post-Infinity War. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll stop. um next bit of news hbo max is a streaming service coming soon for 15 dollars a month uh they're planning on producing 8 to 10 dc original films budgets will be on par with their other features uh the confirmed ones are green lantern there's going to be a green lantern show coming and a adam strange show coming called strange adventures so those were like legitimately confirmed too I guess that kind of means rest in peace the Green Lantern movie that's apparently still coming next year. It's not coming. <laughs> you know, it's definitely not. But it's still it's still up there on uh, DC's website with a release date. It's coming summer next year, written by Jeff Johns. No casting yet, but I guess we're getting a show instead. Uh, there are heavily rumors saying Kyle will be the lead instead of Hal Jordan, meaning Hal Jordan will still exist, likely Guy Garner and Simon Bass as well, but the main character will be Kyle Rayner, the fourth human Green Lantern and artist, which I would prefer over Hal, I think. Yeah, I think I think Hal probably still has a bad taste in the general audience's mouth following the Ryan Reynolds movie. So Yeah, that's fair. But if, if it's a Kyle show, you could introduce Hal in the background. I mean, when Kyle was uh, the Green Lantern, Hal was going evil because of Parallax. So I wonder but, yeah. if they would start with that or if they would make Hal more of a mentor. I think Hal's mentor would be smarter. 
that's what I'm thinking they'll do, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm interested. I, I hope this comes out good. I mean, I think comic shows are pretty awesome. And uh, Smallville is my favorite form of superhero media in you know any kind of outside of comics. So One of mine um, would be Daredevil, Netflix. Yeah, so. Daredevil's great too, and I love Gotham. So I think TV series can really develop a character. And if you read Kyle's run, I mean, I could see that easily becoming a TV show. So I'm interested. Oh, absolutely. Can't wait, Can't for, wait the for the fridge. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> We, we both just, just at the same time. Did we just become best friends? It's <laughs> crazy. Fifty-one minutes. I have to go back when we're done recording. Listen, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, okay, we love that, the fridge. Yeah, <laughs> it was a dark joke too. For those who don't know, uh, Kyle Reiner's girlfriend was stuffed in a fridge and like killed uh, in the nineties. So there's been a lot of jokes revolving that. I know it's dark jokes, but it's yeah, that's funny. It started like a whole movement in comics started by Gail Simone. Uh, Women in Fridges, I think it's called. Yeah. So. <laughs> Jeez. Well, yeah. Um, yeah with so. HBO Max. HBO Max be- is interesting, and it's not coming to Canada, so Hunter gets screwed uh, over again by Warner Brothers. <laughs> loving Titan Season 2, guys. <laughs> Can't wait to watch Young Justice legally. But um, HBO Max has also been replying to a lot of accounts on Twitter, including fan accounts, with GIFs of Nightwing. So. Yes. Uh, people will be like, oh, what other things are we getting? Are we going to get, like, Dick Grayson? And they'll reply with maybe, like, a, a little gif or a picture of Nightwing kind of, like, in the background. Or be like, what other stuff are we getting, HBO Max, for DC? And then they'll do, like, a Nightwing logo. Not confirming it, but very clearly hinting at it. So we're getting a live-action Nightwing outside of Titans. Yeah. Which means we're getting two Dick Graysons. God damn. I'm, I'm I'm okay with a Nightwing movie though. Like I said, I felt like Titan should have been just a focused uh, Nightwing focused show based on the Chuck Dixon run. So, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm okay with a Nightwing movie happening. I'd actually prefer a Nightwing series, like I said, but um, I'm interested to see where it goes. So I'm, it could be cool. Yeah. HBO Max sounds pretty dope, and their target goal is to get somewhere between like 95 million and 125 million users by 2025, which is a huge goal. Uh, to put that in perspective, Netflix has maybe 145 million and Hulu has like 30 million. So, And they're also going to be rivaling Disney Plus at this time since that's out this week. But I do like, like I, I think, I don't know if you have cable. I feel like a lot of people are going to be getting yeah. rid of cable. Just I do, but service. I'm likely getting rid of it soon, yeah. Like I, I know like I live at home because I'm still 20. So, uh, <laughs> I, you know, my parents have cable. But I'm thinking like when I move out on my own, I don't even think I'd get cable. I think no, I'd I just wouldn't. Pocket with streaming services because I do. I will be getting Disney Plus. I have Netflix. I'll be getting HBO Max if it's available for me. So I'm, I'm good from there. I'm like I, I think and I hope DC does this. They cut their losses with DC Universe and they combine it as a part of HBO Max. Like, it, it could be, like, a whole DC section. So you can still get the digital comics. You can still get the discussion boards. You can still get all the movies and stuff. And it's just, instead of having to own two streaming services, because if they're competing with themselves, that would be stupid. And, like, I think I'd drop DC Universe to go get HBO Max, to be honest. So, I mean, I, I would, too. But DC Universe still isn't available in Canada. Thanks, Jim Lee. <laughs> D- 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 it's, coming, it's, coming, it's coming soon, guys. Jim Lee did say uh, it's coming to Canada soon, in August. 2018 <laughs> <laughs> yeah DC Universe was a mess they tried to launch it too soon just failure to launch but hopefully maybe they could add it to HBO Max I think it would be cool yeah for sure um the so. last bit of new- oh no we made it that's it <laughs> okay yeah we did it so, Reddit. yeah so we're gonna do a longer episode because 
We're almost an hour. I make the rules. <laughs> um, we're, we just want to go over the comics, uh, at least some of the big comics. Um, so before we get into the comics, pick the week and cover of the week. Mm, let me just grab them real I quick. think we're going to have the same cover of the week, but will we have the same pick of the week? Um, my cover of the week is Batman number 82. Yep. This is same like the me. coolest cover ever. So it is a cover of like a giant Bane punching Gotham and it's like blowing up. It's like, wow, that's cool. It's kind of a little cheesy because it's a giant Bane. But when you flip the page, it's like a see-through cover. And you see more of the cover. And above Bane is Thomas Wayne Batman controlling him like a puppet. Which is like, that's a cool cover in general. But the fact that it's like two pages, you have to like kind of unfold it to see it. It's really cool. So yeah, that's my uh, cover of the week. My pick of the week, though, is yeah, Daredevil number 13. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so we had the same pick and cover of the week. I had a feeling yeah. that it was going to be that way. But, of course. Uh, yeah, just great comics. Uh, the cover is so interesting to me. Uh, I was telling Hunter before we started recording, when Tom King posted his comp of it on Tuesday night, I saw it was kind of like a shiny cover, but he didn't like show the clear flap. So I was just like, oh, like sometimes DC has like a nicer cover. Like the Batman Who Laughs covers were like really pristine, but it was like an extra dollar. So I was thinking like, oh, is this going to be like an extra dollar? Like, damn it. But when I got to the shop, I was like, oh no, it's still $3.99. That's weird. I didn't even open it at the shop. Like I kind of just bought it and went home. So when I got home and I opened it, I was like, what the? Like this is awesome. (laughs) So very creative. I hope they do it with Flash next week because that would be dope. Yeah, this is actually like just such a, such a cool cover. Uh, you want to start with reviewing Batman? I'm yeah, it's yeah, in my definitely. Hand right so, now, so, yeah, so so something that we'll be doing going forward, we're gonna try to at least uh, when going over comics is less recap, more uh, thoughts, I guess, like mm-hmm. how we feel about the comic, and uh, we'll we'll go over like particular things we liked or things we disliked or you know somewhere in the middle. Uh, so this issue is what City of Bane part like eight. City yeah, Bane's really chugging along here. Good. It's ten issues. It's supposed to be ten issues. So this is, oh maybe not part six. They didn't say it anywhere in this issue, but it, it's been going on for a while now. But we're finally getting to the Bane versus Batman stuff, which is interesting. Uh, After eight issues, oh, uh, part eight. Yeah, found it. Part eight. Okay, yeah. So uh, Batman and Bane kind of just strip down and start fighting. So uh, interesting. Like Bane even Weird. disconnects from the Venom, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so um, Batman encounters Bane. Uh, they decide they're not going to cheat. They're going to strip down and fight. So they take their shirts off, they take their masks off, and they start fighting, and Batman ends up cheating. I, I think Tom King has an obsession with Bane's body, because I feel like every time Bane appears, he's naked or near naked. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. He's like, let me take off my shirt, let me take off my mask. But yeah, I think, what do you I'm think of this fight? Tom King said he has a reason for that. Like, something along the lines of, like, that's how it was in the original Nightfall storyline. Uh, like, Bane was naked in the beginning or something like that yeah he didn't wear he has clothes like an exact often. reason for this so bane likes his body and he's showing body positivity so yeah <laughs> but this uh so half this issue is thomas wayne and ventriloquist just kind of talking after the fight with the bat family and the other half is batman versus bane or sorry batman and catwoman versus bane big controversial thing is batman tells bane hey let's just me and you let's fight and as soon as I start fighting, Catwoman comes in and Bane's like, you cheated. And Batman's like, this is a war. I'm not here to play games. I'm here to win. What do you think of that? Batman cheating. <laughs> I mean, I understand it. Like, I, I kind of saw it coming because I noticed that Catwoman like, was still in the room. And she didn't like 
stripped down, like no weapons, and like she was Dude. still like all ready to go. So I had a feeling that was coming. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't surprised when I saw it. Yeah, I, I can see that. My one problem was once Catwoman comes in, Bane's like, "You cheated," and Batman says, "I lied." That's a cool line, but then we get an entire page where Catwoman just talks for this whole page of fighting, where she is compared. She's just talking about how. Uh, Batman didn't think this plan would work, and Catwoman did, and how that's dumb. Yeah, that was, that was pretty stupid. I hate that so much. So I talked to some random guy on Reddit today about this, and we got tough comment too. So people agreed with this. But um, ah. the problem with this is we're getting this huge fight scenes like Batman versus Bane. This might be the final battle, and it's just the entire time is Catwoman literally to quote. Cat, Bane doesn't give you Gotham Girl Super Venom because it'll overload a system. If I can inject it into directly the batteries, we could take him down. And just like, Catwoman's complaining the the entire time, and there's just massive speech bubbles everywhere. So, my argument is, for fight scenes, why is Tom Kane making them talk about a conversation that happened a long time ago while fighting Bane? So when you're writing a fight scene, shouldn't you have it like, fight, fight, fight? I compare this to Daredevil. So when Daredevil fights in his current book written by Zdarsky. Um, yeah, Chip, Chip Zdarsky. Yeah, so when he fights, it's always small bits of dialogue. Cause it's hard to believe, like, this panel of Catwoman pulling Bane with her whip. She's able to t- talk in a giant paragraph while pulling him. It doesn't seem realistic. Well, when Daredevil fighting, he doesn't talk much. Or if there is conversation, it's very short. So you get through the fight scene fast. The scene's more intense. It seems more like a fight. Well, this, I'm watching Catwoman use a whip for, like, five minutes as I'm reading. Daredevil, he only says short things like, three guys on the left, punch, dodge this, dodge, I gotta be careful, gets hit, kind of thing. Like, it's fast, it's intense, while this one, you're on a page for so long that it doesn't seem intense anymore. Because you're just listening to this giant conversation going on within four panels of a fight scene. So yeah, that's yeah, my I don't, fight scene. I don't argument. mind conversation in a fight scene. I just thought this conversation was so stupid. And oh, I don't mind it either. Like I think like, of a conversation. I remember one of the fights. Uh, I think it was Batman versus KG Beast in Tom King's run, where there was no dialogue. There was kind of just them like, uh, uh, that, yeah, uh, like, I don't like that. I, think, I hated that. So I think if that should happen, you should have thoughts. What is Bruce yeah. thinking when he's yeah, fighting him? Well, and that's what happens with Daredevil. Daredevil doesn't say out loud like. I smell the bullet on its way. Like he, he thinks like the bullet's coming. Dodge right, and then you got to flip the page because what's happening next and whatnot. For this one, it takes a while. And if characters are gonna have a conversation, have them talk about what's happening now or why it's happening. Not Catwoman saying, "Oh, Bruce, you're dumb for thinking this plan didn't work." Well, like, do that after. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's my uh, Batman versus Bane fight rant. Fight in general you, yeah. was good. This could have been cool to actually see Bane's inner thoughts. Um, as opposed oh, to that would have been so thoughts. cool. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Uh, just to see, like, what his reaction is on the in- Like, obviously, he has to play it cool on the outside. But, like, what is the reaction on the inside of Batman possibly winning, Catwoman taking him down? Yeah. That would be really cool, actually, what his thoughts were. Because this is Bane's last fight. Yeah. Because uh, eventually Thomas Wayne comes in right before Bruce is about to break Bane's back, shoots Batman in the stomach twice, and then shoots Bane in the head. Like, actually, so now Bane is dead, or he's going to have amnesia and come back in a solo title where he goes by Ben Grayson. That, and, that's hilarious. <laughs> and he uh, 
he runs a taxi and everything and forgets who he is no it's grease on his eyes yeah um yeah this was this was very unexpected ending uh the earlier before i went to a comic shop i saw people posting spoilers online but i didn't get spoiled because people put spoiler warnings so shout out to you people uh Thanks, but Caleb. i was glad that i didn't get spoiled but i was taken for surprise i don't know if it's good or bad i was just like okay this is happening bane, I mean, obviously is... bane and batman aren't dead but i think bane is oh you think bane's dead bane was shot on the head batman was shot on the stomach it's comic books. I don't think Bane's dead. I think Bane is 100% dead here. It's, it's a storyline called City of Bane, and we still have two issues left. I'm saying Bane's not dead. Well, on the cover... Well, I mean, City of Bane, but this is Bane's first appearance outside of him monologuing over Alfred. So, hmm. Interesting. My one complaint yeah. with uh, Bane here... Because Bane was good, this issue. A little childish saying kitty cat to a uh, cat rich woman. jackass. <laughs> I like that line. Okay. <laughs> I see people okay, complaining. Fair enough. My one complaint is he took off his mask. I think his mask looks really cool, especially with his artist. And he took it off. So I was like, oh man, we never see Bane's mask. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add? No. What do you rate it? I, oh, one thing I want to add real quick is the Batcave is like destroyed from the fight with uh, the Bat family. Why is it destroyed? It was a hand-to-hand combat fight. But yeah, I rated. Um, and wasn't the fight not even? I thought the fight was on a rooftop. No, it was in the cave. Oh, was it? I thought it was on a rooftop because I was thinking. What I was thinking when I was reading this, because I was under the impression that it was on a rooftop. I was like, wait, did Thomas drag all their unconscious bodies back to the back cave? No, no, it was in the back cave because Damien was tied up. But uh, yeah, I rate this issue a seven point oh, five. Oh, oh, yeah. Even before you give your rating, what do you think of the theory that Thomas Wayne's on Venom, and that's how he was able to? Uh, defeat the bad family that's how he's been like so overpowered like breaking through walls and stuff i hope that's maybe maybe destroying the, the bat cave i hope that's the truth because if it isn't then come on he should have never been able to defeat cassandra Kane. <laughs> yeah exactly even you shouldn't even been able to defeat barbara yeah so yeah i i hope he's on venom because i would explain that a bit more yeah i have a feeling it's not going to be but i've seen the theory online so it's possible be cool if it was but yeah i uh, give yeah. 7.5 you Okay, yeah, I'm at like maybe like six, six point five. This issue wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes, but I'm kind of just like, eh, City Bane's okay so far. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, all right, let's jump to Justice League because uh, it also had a cool looking cover, not as cool as the Batman one, but, but same uh, idea. It's it's yeah, it's like a clear slide with the Legion of Doom, and when you turn it back, it reveals Perpetua behind them with the symbol of Doom. So that was pretty cool. Um, and Earth dies in this issue. Uh, before we get to that, though, uh, Francis Monopole did the art for this, and seeing him draw Jay Garrick and Barry Allen makes me miss him on The Flash, like, so much, and I wish he could have drawn Jay during his time on The Flash. Like, when he was on The Flash, it was really just Barry. Like, I'd love to see him draw the whole Flash family together. Yeah, that would be cool. He, so. his Flash is his best character that he draws, for sure. Oh, I think he's the best Flash artist of all time, but. Ooh, okay, yeah, I, I agree with that, actually. It's just such pretty art. But anyway, uh, so the symbol of doom is all around the world. Uh, we see Batwoman looking at it in Gotham City, Green Arrow looking at it in Seattle, uh, the Shazamily, Mary and Freddy looking at it in Philadelphia, uh, the Just League Dark looking at it in Louisiana. Uh, I don't even know who the second to last guy is. Uh, is it the uh, second the last guy? Alliance? Oh, that's Wildcat. No. It's no, Catman. It's Catman. Yeah, it is Catman. Oh, okay. Catman. Okay. Uh, and the last one is... What exactly? 
I want to say they're like dark stars. That, that's what I thought it was dark stars, but I'm like, huh, I don't know. Because they're going back to the Kremlin, which is in Russia, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I was very confused. They look like but, dark stars. Yeah, they look like dark stars to me. But uh, So it's all around the world, but it's all around other worlds, too. Uh, it's in Here the ghost sector, so we see the Justice League Odyssey. Um, Here we go. The dark multiverse, which I was hoping we were going to see Wally West. Uh, it's in Earth 3, which I uh, was going to have a problem with. Why is the crime syndicate here? It, so I hope the you cri- have a problem with it. The crime syndicate is on Earth 3 looking at the Dark Multiverse. They are dead. The crime syndicate are dead. Bendis tried to bring them back, but then people freaked out. And he's like, okay, it was time travel. That's that's fine. These guys aren't time traveling. They are dead. Why are they written here? And even then, Fra- uh, did Francis Manipal do a bit of Dark Side War? He did do a bit of Dark Side War. He wrote... <laughs> These characters, well, he helped make the art for these characters dying. and But also, like, shouldn't Scott Snyder know this? Or whoever's the Justice League editor know this? Like, we literally just went through this with Bendis. Uh, what is the obsession with the crime syndicate recently? They're dead. Leave them. Yeah, seriously. If you want to bring them back, have an explanation. Don't just have them cameo. Because they're it, dead. It would have been more interesting to see Earth 3 and its Young Justice to line up with that. Yeah, that would have been better. Whereas, like, Young Justice is about to leave Earth 3. But anyway, we see all different kinds of earth besides the problem with earth three very annoying and uh earth 19 gotham by gaslight earth sees it but this is a this is a world that is in like the 1800s uh by gaslight uh so they're not really advanced they don't have the technology to fight it and their batman like calls on the multiverse for help but perpetua's like yeah that's not happening and destroys their entire earth and has a line about how there was once 52 and now there's 51 so guess the next reboot's gonna be called the new 51 haha <laughs> funny funny yeah okay then it gets to Earth-19, which is a different Earth, It, it obviously. It involves Bat- like an old-timey Batman. This is the Earth that dies in this issue. So, let's recap. Uh, basically, Batman and Gordon, they talk before Perpetua comes and destroys the Earth. What do you think of the classic Earth dying? So this Earth, it's not... I don't know if classic Earth is the word. It's basically, imagine our Earth, except Batman's around and all that. Instead of it being in modern times, it's in the late 1800s. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, no, I, I think it's fine. I mean, I don't think anybody's planning on revisiting the earth. Uh, I was cool hoping earth, we'd see some of the other heroes other than Batman, like accelerated man is from that earth. So I was hoping to see him. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. He, I mean, he like, tries been to cool while, while everything's like exploding behind them. If you just saw accelerated man, like run by. Yeah. Um, he does try to call his own justice league, the justice incarnate. And he tries to call other earths too, but no one answers before entirely gets destroyed by perpetua so why does perpetua need this army and luther do all these things if she could just destroy an earth like that well well that's the thing about like this whole story like it's not what i wanted it to be i wanted this to be like dark side war level and i've kind of been disappointed i was like expecting you know the anti-monitor to play pretty big into this or lex luther playing pretty big into this but it's kind of just like they're pawns and perpetua's the queen yeah, that's a good point. Also, uh, Lex Luthor feels nothing like Lex Luthor in this yeah, issue, he's which not. hurts me. He's... I'm hoping that they're going to be like some kind of explanation as this isn't really Lex. Like, he's not in full control, maybe. I can see him being not in full control, but it is Lex. Like, like it, it, I mean, like, like, it is Lex, but I'm saying, like, not in full control because, like, he's just not acting like Lex. Yeah. Like, bowing down before Perpetua and, of course, my lady. Like, ugh, come on now. Yeah, that was kind of dumb. I do like in this comic how uh, Kendra and Shane, they're trying to escape in a ship. 
and Shane's trying to talk to Batman as to how, and then Perpetua shoots him down. I think that was cool. We don't see the fate in them, but yeah, was... no, I I liked it. I, I just I feel like Hawkgirl and Martian Manhunter was like such a forced ship. Like I I don't think I saw one person online who was like, oh yeah, I love them together. Like yeah, it's kind of just like oh it's happening. Oh please no, and then it happened, and then it's like now they have the kid together and. Now, like, there's so many scenes where it's like, oh, my God, I care so much about John. And it's just like. You, and they really? only did like, this because they went to the fake future where they had a kid. And then they're just like, well, I guess we have a kid in this fake reality. Yeah. Want to make out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know. It just it feels so forced. So I can't really feel anything for Kendra when she's like, John would save us or John would help us or, oh, I hope John's OK. It's kind of just like. I feel that as a as like a teammate thing. Like she would say that towards if anything happened, like if it was Wonder Woman, she'd say that, or Batman, or Flash. But not as, like, a romantic way. (laughs) Also, Shane, they took back their fake future kid, and then she's like, I love you, Shane. No, you don't. You barely know this child. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Like, why are you saying... Like, I'm fine with her, like, taking care of him. I think that's fine. I think that's, like, good writing. That's a good little twist, how Kendra's kind of forced to take care of this kid that she doesn't know. But her being like, I love you, Shane. I do. But but I still need help. Like, no, you don't. You don't know this child. Yeah. Like, even back from the... Because when they came back from the fifth dimension, which is where they got Shane, Lex just became Martian Lex. And Martian Manhunter yeah. just passed. Just passed away. So I feel like they haven't had Shane around for very long. Maybe a month yeah and you're already loving this kid like that's what i'm saying like a lot of it feels forced like so like i can't feel the emotions that i should be feeling for such a big event like this yeah you know, I'd like I, I know to. what you mean but, yeah i mean it's it's fine character i don't mind shane as a character i just don't like how other people treat shane except for batman I like this conversation with Batman and how he's just yeah, like... Yeah, at the end it was really good. I thought their conversation was very Batman-like. Because basically Shane has to control the ship, but Batman's teaching him how, and he's like, it's going to be okay. He says, like, he literally says, it's going to be okay, son. I like how he call him son. Cause yeah, that's yeah he said, uh, he said, uh, it was like saying that it's going to be okay. He's like, you just need to hit the green button when it lights up. Can you do that, son? And take a deep breath and hit that button. So it, was, it was felt good. like talking to, like... Jason Todd on his first day of being Robin, like something like that. Yeah, exactly. Or I was even, yeah, I was gonna say that. It even remind me of live action how he talked to uh, Adam West, talked to Dick Grayson back yeah. uh, in the class. He called him son a lot, so I like yeah. that a lot. But yeah, um, I give the issue like an eight. I think this is one of the better uh, Justice Doom War issues, but okay. I had my problems, Crime Syndicate. But besides that, and I guess Lex Luthor monologue. But besides that. <laughs> it was good. It I haven't good even issue. seen anybody post about it online, like that the crime syndicate showed up and like what the hell. Uh, I was going to. I might. I might still, but I don't know. I don't people should be rant. Scott Snyder, like what the hell, man. <laughs> yeah, we should message Scott Snyder, like, hey, you know these characters are dead, and yeah. he'll be like, oh, that's an editing mistake. I, like, I, I, yeah, I just don't understand how it got by editors. Like, I feel like there's so many safety nets, and it's not like. It's like you know been like ten years since Dark Side War. It was like what three years ago, and they literally just appeared in Young Justice. Yeah, I mean, it's we've had this twice in twenty nineteen. They've been dead since twenty sixteen. Uh, I think Ultraman even twenty fifteen was when his issue where he died came out. 
But still, like, they've been dead for years, and now 2019 happens, and it's just like, we're bringing him back. Oh, well, wait, sorry, I forgot. We're bringing him back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bring him back. If you want to bring the silent crime syndicate back, explain how. I mean, dead characters come back all the time, unless you're Gwen Stacy. So, I mean, Ouch. kind of. <laughs> but <laughs> you could bring the crime syndicate back. I will be okay if they explain it. And they have to explain what happened to Owlman, because we still don't even know how Owlman died. I mean, Dr. Manhattan's the main case, but that's not even confirmed. Yeah. He's just dead, and we don't know how. Even the show that he didn't die, at least explain what happened. Why was he on the moon? And then all of a sudden there's just blood. So. Yeah. Mini rant over. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I read this issue kind of like a, maybe like 6.5, 7. I wasn't crazy about this issue. It was very okay. Yeah, it was all right. I, just, uh, I'm not, I want to like Justice Doom War. I was so hyped for it and it just hasn't delivered. And it makes me sad because I wish it did deliver. Yeah, me too. It's almost over too. It's yeah. just... These big event books like this just, just seems like it's just trying to be the biggest thing ever. And it's trying. It's being the biggest thing ever. But at the same time, they're like, Crisis 2020 is coming. So it's like, okay, so something I, I, bigger I remember coming. after Infinity War and Endgame came out, Dan Didio said, like, that gives me motivation to make, like, this grand event in comics that, like, just feels like an event and feels like it connects and there's just like so much lore to it and i was hoping justice doom war was going to be that it felt kind of like it was setting up to be that but it just didn't deliver yeah no and that's justice league uh yeah uh just stay on the dc side i don't even want to really go over young justice i just want to address that uh drake is such a stupid name and there's (laughs) really no explanation as to why he's taking it it's kind of just like hey this guy's evil hmm I like the name Drake. I am now Drake. So yeah, that's I'm awful. loving it. So um, yeah, for those who don't know, it's bad too. I'm there's sorry, a, it's bad. Tim Drake is on Earth three. There's an evil Tim Drake. He's like, "What do you call yourself?" Evil Tim Drake's like, "I call myself Drake." And Tim Drake's like, "That's cool." A few like an hour later, probably Tim Drake's like, "Oh, my name's Drake," and he's wearing yeah. Drake's suit. It's like that's so awkward. Imagine yeah. if when Batman and Owlman first met, they're about to fight, and then. Batman's like, who are you? And Owlman's like, I'm Owlman. And Batman's like, cool. Leaves, comes back in an Owlman suit, like, I'm Owlman. It's yeah. so stupid. <laughs> and Basically. that's what happens here. That's, ba- that's literally what happens here with Tim Drake. And we don't explain how he got the costume. No one addresses, hey, why did you change your name to Drake? It's just, he just got a new costume. Where did he put the Robin suit? No one knows. So, he's Drake now. Uh, besides that, Ginny Hex was confirmed to be LGBT. And in her little box that she's been carrying around has is old stuff that Jonah Hex has found during his adventures in the 1800s. So yeah, and um, poor poor advertising uh, for the cover. I mean, I guess good advertising if they were trying to reach Naomi fans, but like <laughs> stupid misleading because it was like on the cover it shows Naomi like leading the Young Justice. It's like breakout star Naomi joins the team. But I think she's only in like what the last page. She's in the last page and she has no dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like as they're trying to get back to Earth, Naomi's there. So and it's next. And didn't they do the same thing in either Action or Superman? Where it was yeah. like Naomi on the cover and she was only in like one page. She was in the very last page, yeah. For action yeah, so. Damn it, Bendis. Um I don't know. I- I'm I'm really on the fence about dropping Young Justice, which hurts because Young Justice 98 is one of my favorite runs of all yeah, time. So, 
But this series just it it doesn't have the fun vibe that Young Justice is supposed to have, and it doesn't have that. It doesn't feel like a good comic. I'm, uh, I hate it. Ten issues, and we've been on Main Earth for what, like three panels? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Nine issues, know, and it's been action, 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 action. Do we get character development? Well, Drake changes his name to be like a villain, but action, action, action. <laughs> I don't know. I'm on the fence about dropping it. This issue was like really like nail in the nail in the coffin. I was just like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I got to see how I feel about the next issue. I mean, if it's going to be like a whole like advertisement for Naomi, which I have a feeling it will be, I don't know if I want to read it. So Yeah. I'm on the fence. I mean, I want to read about Bart Impulse, even though I hate the way Bendis writes him. I loved him. I'm hating the way Bendis writes him. I love Khan. Bendis hasn't really touched much of him yet, so I'm not too worried. But I don't know. I just very frustrating. So it might it might be on my drop list. It might be on um, mine soon too, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. Um. Anyway, on the Marvel side of things, we had two pretty good comics this week. Yeah, very good. Daredevil and Spider Man. So, yeah. So. Uh, daredevil is uh so electra is training matt how to be daredevil again mm-hmm. and i i love the way electra looks she looks very 80s-esque i was gonna say your hair is like very 80s but i love it I, I think it's really it looks great uh and i love the idea of her training matt uh how to be a hero again i guess and how to get like his senses back there the path to becoming daredevil like i feel like i say this after every issue comes out but i stand by it they're taking way longer with this than I expected, but the books kept the like been consistently good even while he's not Daredevil, which is amazing because I feel like a lot of comics, if they do an identity crisis, it lasts like two issues because fans end up hating it, or uh, it just like lingers on for way too long and it's terrible. <clears throat> Rick Grayson. So this has been very surprising to me that it, that it works well. Yeah, it kind of works well. The art helps a lot. <laughs> I feel like some artists wouldn't be able to pull it off, but the art definitely helps here. Yeah, but I mean, I think him returning to being Daredevil is coming soon. I mean, I'd say it's oh, absolutely. Maybe I mean, next three to five issues, but it's been consistently good, and I think Kingpin being almost like feeling like a main character has helped. Yeah, definitely. I mean, having Kingpin not as—he's not even really the villain of this. He's just there setting something yeah. up. And he is slowly becoming evil. Like, he he killed the man, and he got away with it. Yeah, I loved, like, this felt like, like a movie. (laughs) It felt like The Sopranos, almost. Mm -hmm. Like, covering up uh, a rageful murder, and just, like, how easily they were able to do it. Like, it was, it was professional. It was awesome. I loved the way, we couldn't even do justice to it describing it but if you're not reading daredevil read daredevil and specifically in issue 13 just like the way they write kingpin is brilliant so it's issue 13 yeah <laughs> okay he's on the cover too um yeah it's issue number 13 just cover with blood uh, but I, if you, if you read one through 13 i mean you're gonna blast through it because it, it you read it so quick it's so good um going on with uh the cop so there's like the mean cough not a rogue cop. Yeah, he's just... yeah, the one who's been after Daredevil, but Daredevil kind of saved him, and he's like, now he kind of has a respect for Daredevil. And In a he's way, been... he thinks of Spider-Man too, because Spider-Man has stern talking to him. Yeah, about like what a hero is and what justice is. And yeah, he's been suspended from the police force uh, for a few weeks, so 
uh, now it's like, what does he do? I mean, he's a man of justice, but he's been put out of work. And he sees uh, a homeless man being abused by three, like, guys in like their 20s basically and uh they're like cursing at him so he says apologize and the kids like talking back to him like no i'm not apologizing and he breaks his finger which was a really cool looking panel mm-hmm. and uh they they apologize and uh they're like uh are you a cop and then one of the other kids is like nah cops don't do things like that and he kind of just like looks off at them like like holy crap huh. what have i become and yeah. uh and the homeless man says like the city needs more people like you so uh, and then the issue ends with him kind of looking at a shadow, sitting down, like disappointed with himself. And then uh, Matt walking by with like a hoodie and a cap on uh, with a cool silhouette like over his face and says, uh, hey, buy you a coffee. That's so, how it ends. Is he wearing the mask here? Because he has like the. Uh, well, that's what I was wondering. The I, strands. I it actually does kind of look. Yeah, it probably is the mask. I didn't realize that the first time. I thought it was just a shadow. Yeah. It might just be like a little hint. like, hey, it's Daredevil. But yeah, I have a theory that this cop might become a hero. Okay. Do you think he'll be taking over an already existing mantle, or do you think he'll be like an all new thing? I think he might be an all new thing, but I think he might be trained. Awesome. We have his by... first appearance. We're gonna be rich one day. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might be trained by uh, Electra and Matt. Maybe maybe Stick will come in. But he's no like he's not really a cop right now but he still wants to stop crime but he can't really do that legally he needs to have the badge on and so now matthew murdoch's gonna buy him coffee and maybe be like hey man i know you can get around this ever wanted to wear a mask next cover looks awesome too it's just two coffees be made and you see a police badge on the table and then two daredevil's bloody sticks and oh i'm excited i feel like he's gonna become a superhero like a vigilante I'm I'm interested if he were to become a vigilante. Uh, that's a good origin really story cool. too, because he doesn't like heroes. Yeah, and I think it's pretty cool that he's like I, I feel like they could keep him as a cop and still be uh, a vigilante. It worked for Dick Grayson, so it, yeah, it did work for Dick Grayson. That's what I was going to bring up. Like it was a Nightwing thing, so I, I think that could be really cool. And the character's interesting because he's already had a lot of growth, and we've only known him for you know less than what like ten issues. Like, I don't even think he's been in every issue of Daredevil, so. Yeah, he, I feel like he could be a really good hero, and I like how they're making him a superhero on his own time. They're not being like, hey, you like this cop from Daredevil? He's getting a solo series. Read it now. Well, like, well I, I wouldn't put that past Marvel, knowing how Marvel announces they, uh, mini-series and yeah. solo series, but yes, uh, I'm interested to see where it goes nonetheless. Me too. I so, am looking forward to it, and now we have to wait another month. Like, one's it's all like 8.5, 9 out of 10, but yeah, the weights are so killer on Daredevil. <laughs> December 4th. Like, I envy uh, people like 5 to 10 years from now reading this in trade, just enjoying it. But yeah, jeez. Part of the weight is kind of what makes it great, I guess, if I could, you know, make myself believe that. <laughs> um, I, I think seeing the story play out over time, like, 13 issues, 13 months, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I think that's how it's gone. Although it doesn't feel like it's been over a year. But I, either way, like the the weight is part of the series at this point, And I think it builds to it. So Yeah, it's it's well worth the wait. I, I highly recommend this book. But yeah, uh, and then the final comic is Amazing Spider-Man 33. Um, really all I have to say on this, because uh, it's building to something, obviously, but... Patrick Leeson, like, I was so sad to lose him in DC in general and lose him on Young Justice. 
it's worth it for his Spider-Man and his Spider-Man 2099. I mean, I get 90s Spider-Man vibes from the way he draws, like, the mask and the eyes. Oh, like, they're Tom massive, McFarlane type but in thing. a good way. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, in a great way. 90s Spider-Man art was awesome. So, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I love the way Gleason does it. I don't know. Is he going to be the main artist on Amazing Spider-Man going forward? Yeah, he is. Oh, that's so awesome. And he's also this doing is... covers for 2099. And uh, I believe he's going to do some side covers for other projects like Doctor Doom as well. But So awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm so excited. Gleason is the man. His Spider-Man is great. Totally going to miss him at DC and totally going to miss him teaming up with Tomasi. But I'm so excited to see what he brings to the table. The way he does Spider-Man I... swinging is so good. <laughs> like, there's that go one down, scene honestly, where... Like, like it's tough to say after only what like one two issues he could honestly go down as one of the greatest Spider-Man artists if he keeps keeps up like this kind of quality. Oh, absolutely! Like the the scene after they introduce Hitman, uh, there's Spider-Man swinging through uh, Central Park, and his yeah. like his arms are at the side and his legs are bent, and it's so good. It's such a good Spider-Man pose. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like him on the art. Yeah. Uh, main thing to take from this issue is one of Peter's classmates invented a watch that could predict the future. So he does a little presentation by showing Peter walking in and predicting what he's going to do. And so tying in 2099, of course, but also this might be a little bit dangerous for Spider-Man's secret identity. Yeah, it kind of got teased in this issue too. So mm-hmm. This is, I think, a good time to pick up Spider-Man if you don't want to go back and read the previous 32 issues, which I think you should because there are some great arcs. Uh, but if you just want to jump on now, I feel like this is probably a good time to jump on. Yeah, de- definitely. There's, there's minimal, jump on from there's minimal uh, things that need to be known beforehand. So yeah, jump on from issue thirty-two. To and the, if you want to read like select arcs, you could read like the haunted arc is great and yeah, uh, the first. I, I, I like a lot of the arcs to be honest. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Uh, quick jump death on. of the week. <laughs> yeah, Tom, uh, Bane, and Bruce Wayne, and. Earth-19. <laughs> and Tim Drake's integrity. <laughs> yeah. uh, Earth-19 is gone. I've never read Earth-19's story, but it has me interested. Oh, you never I mean, read Gotham by Gaslight? No, I've seen the anime movie, but... Yeah, the the comic is, like, extremely old. I think it's from, like, 1988 or something like that. It's okay. it's dated, but it's pretty good. It's interesting, and I actually haven't seen the animated movie. I've been meaning to watch it to see how it holds up. But uh, I, I, I've seen, like, the scene online where uh, the Robins kind of appear. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But no, I haven't read it. Um, I like Jim Gordon's look. Accelerated Man is there. I'd love to see more Accelerated Man. Like, I mean, I guess now Dearest Dead, he's probably gone. But if they do the Council of Flashes again, which I hope they do at some point, because I really like that, I'd like to see him there. Yeah, he probably won't be there. (laughs) He's probably dead right now, unless he's on another Earth time. But uh, yeah, rip them. And rest in peace, Bane. I think Bane's dead. You don't seem to think so, but he got shot in the head. I I don't see it. I don't know. To me, it just doesn't like it doesn't feel like a fitting end to Bane. Okay, we'll we'll cover our death of the week for Bane on the week where he's confirmed dead. I thought it'd be today. Yeah, but... yeah. I mean, two weeks from now, I guess we'll get another Batman issue, which will probably be like some kind of filler <laughs> to keep us waiting for the thing. end of City of Bane. But either way, um, uh, you heard it here first. Bane is alive, and Joker Two is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. My predictions aren't always the best, but. I don't know. I just don't see Bane being dead. But I, I, I could be wrong. I mean, if I'm wrong, I just don't think that's a fitting end to him, especially with the, what, like 80 issues of buildup. But we'll see. Yep. And that's the hero story. 
Yes, a long hero story, but yeah, we deprived you of it for two weeks, so we hope you enjoy. Um, if you like this podcast, maybe give us five stars on iTunes or whatever you feel is an appropriate rating. I'll even take four stars if, if you're honest. <laughs> uh, and we do appreciate the constructive criticism, and uh, my DMs are pretty much always open. So uh, if you have anything to say, I you know I appreciate hearing uh, from the listeners. So mm-hmm. and. Uh, I think that's about it. So for Hero Story, I'm JD. And I'm Hunter. And thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. Bye.